Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery, productivitybydesign.com, and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Richard Schnitzel. He owns and operates a done for you automation company, helping six figure entrepreneurs build the automation they need to scale their business to seven figures and beyond, infinity and beyond. Geek moment. He believes automation doesn't have to be a dirty word and created the concept of authentious automation to help entrepreneurs level up their business through the power of technology. Y'all know that I think little tiny hamsters run anything technologically related. So Richard's gonna have a field day with me. An engineer, nerd, and a husband to a English theater major. He excels at having technical conversations when tech makes your head hurt. This is a skill Richard uses to guide entrepreneurs through the process, automating their business in positive and impactful ways. Welcome, Richard. I'm so psyched you're here. Yeah, psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am very, very, very curious. Have to start here. Authentious automation. I love unique words that have been created. Go for it. Yeah, authentious automation. Uh, it's the combination of authentic and conscious, which I totally made up. But my wife, the English major, tells me that any word in quotes and with context is a valid word in the English language. So I ran with that. And it's my way of trying to describe my thoughts and ideas around how to use automation correctly in a business environment, in that you want your automation to maintain the authenticity of who you are in your business and what your business provides to your clients. You don't want automation to be a negative. It should always be a positive and improving your product. And the conscious part is about making sure that you're having that conversation with yourself and your team and recognizing that when you add automation to your business, it is a multiplier. Whether it is good or bad, it will multiply the effect of what's going on. And to do that properly, you need to really think about what's going on and understand how automation is going to affect what's going on. And that's that conscious effort. It's not just, uh, yeah, okay, let's do it yeah, and figure out what happens. You need to have that previous conversation and that previous understanding before you, you know, click the green button and say, let's go. 
Yeah. And I rapidly discovered this. I didn't really have any automation when I started my podcast and I was doing it all. And I was out of my mind so much so that last August, I just bailed on this. I just stopped. No goodbye speech. No <laughs> I just, I just said, I, I can't do this. It's too much. I got to find a better way. And then I took three months of consciously thinking about how do I automate parts of this podcast process such that it's fun because this is the fun part. Interviewing people is the fun part, getting to know them, uh, doing the research beforehand, all of that blast, love it. The part that I didn't enjoy, you know, we were talking about this earlier, there's a form people fill out when they're applying for the podcast. Now, most people aren't really just randomly applying. The beauty of the form is I used to get people who'd be like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I'm like, who are you? So now with this automated form, all I had to do was hit the reply button with a link, the automated form and said, apply here. And now that person applies and I can see whether or not they're coming on to have a real genuine conversation or do they just want to sell me their widget? You know, Mm -hmm. that was one piece of creating automation in the podcast that really helped. There were other pieces too. We now have um, Google Sheet on Google Drive and my assistant and I can both access. And in it, it's got all the little check marks of what's been done and what's not. And she can look at it and say, oh, an email needs to go out to Richard. He hasn't sent in his headshot. I'm making that up. Not a problem. But the point is, is there's, there's that automation now behind the scenes where it's not all on me and I can get back to doing what I do well, which is talking to people, (laughs) connecting with people, interviewing them, providing value to my guests on the podcast. You're actually going to take us through a scenario of automation. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about how you got here. What made you decide to start Bowtie Box? The start of the company actually did not start in automation at all. It started in Facebook Messenger Bots which ah. was, yeah, I worked for 10 years before I started my own company in different aspects of businesses, sales, engineering, project management, estimating. And I reached a point where I said, okay, I have this great catalog of ideas and thoughts about how I want to run a business. And I kept having the thought of like, I would have done this differently when I was told to do something in a business. And I wanted to go out on my own. And I saw Facebook Messenger bots and the nerd in me went, oh, that's really cool. I like the possibilities of what this can do. And so that's where I started. Figured out really quickly that I am terrible at writing copy, which as an engineer probably shouldn't be a shock to most people. If you've talked to an engineer, we just verbal communication comes out like a lab report, right? Bullet points. You understand what's going on, but it's really not that engaging. But in that progression, I was building really cool bots from a technical standpoint of what they could do. And I had people that I was knowing say, hey, Rich, this is really cool. Can you tell me how to make that happen in mind? Because I like how this is playing out. And I was really good at having that conversation and saying, okay, yeah, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And then they say, oh, you lost me. Can you just build it for me? <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll build it for you. And I, through you know, doing projects like that, just had to, after every project, reassess, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? What did I enjoy doing? To your point about podcasting, you know, what aspects of this project did 
I really resonate with that I really enjoy doing. And that kept being the aspect of having a conversation with somebody about what they want to achieve that they think is possible because, okay, I've seen a bunch of content. Like I just kind of have this feeling that I think we can get here. Let's figure out how we actually make that happen. And then being able to build that vision for them. And that is now, you know, business automation. So I, I, I've just increased the scope of what I do beyond the messenger bots and niche down the service that I provide within that. One thing you said in here, amongst other things that are brilliant, is that you evaluate it. So each time you've created something, you've looked through it, reevaluated it, determined what worked, what didn't, what you like, what you don't like. And I think it's really important for listeners to know, especially as entrepreneurs, we tend to like, we finish that, check it off, and we move on to the next thing. And we don't take that little bit of time it takes to sit down and say, what worked? And also, hey, look what worked. Don't I rock? Let me go get a coffee at Starbucks or whatever. You know, <laughs> in some way, we, we need to not only fix the stuff that isn't quite right, but, you know, celebrate those wins, you know, because there are wins, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure when you build, automations for people you have happy clients who say like thank god you built this for me i'm I'm looking forward to the one you're going to build for me (laughs) (laughs) so that actually leads really well into it because we talked before we got on officially and about using me as a guinea pig (laughs) so one of the struggles i have is lead follow-up and i would love to be able to automate it in an authentic way i really don't like sending anything out that looks like it wasn't from me, that mm-hmm. it wasn't personalized in some way. And I'll give you an example of something I did recently that was like this. When I went back out, actually, you got one. When I went back out, I batched support the podcast. That's the other way I made the, the podcast more happy for me is that I batch record it and I do three, four recordings in a week. And you know, then the month is done, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it was time to do the next batch recording. And I described this Excel spreadsheet. It's not an Excel though. It's in, it's in Google. I'm not used to Google Sheets. I've been, I've been trained. I grew up in the world of you know, Microsoft. So I really struggled with the whole Google thing. But, and, and in that, I, we keep all our information, my VA and I can see it. And one of the things that happened was I said, we're about to batch record. I need you to send out emails to these six people. And right in there, she had all the information she needed. The generalized topic, and we're going to be talking about process automation today. So that's in there. Mm-hmm. Now, when she emailed you, there was a template, a form. Mm-hmm. You're Richard, blah, blah, blah. And then right. it said something like, Catherine's so looking forward to, or actually, I'm so looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking with you about process automation, blah, blah, blah. It's time. Can you sign up? You know, We've already got your form, all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and so it came, I hope, came across as very personalized, but mm-hmm. it was semi-automated. And so I'd love to talk about how, when we're doing lead follow-up, how we automate it in that sort of semi-way, meaning it's super personalized, but you know, there's templates, there's things that are ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so I'll use my business as a guinea pig and explain how I have implemented that theory in mind and then see how we can pivot that into your business. So I have a similar issue in that I want people to feel like they're actually talking to me and my team when they're a new lead and, and I'm trying to book them on a call so that we can talk about whatever's going on. And 
the way that we do that is something that you mentioned, which is absolutely templates. We use ClickUp as our task management system. So we have a trigger for a new form that gets submitted that says, hey, I'm interested. I want to find out how to you know, continue this conversation. It ends up in our, in our ClickUp form. And we automatically add in tasks when that happens with predefined due dates of, okay, we need to send this email two days later. We need to send this email five days later. We need to send this email seven days later if we haven't moved to the next phase in this process. Each of those tasks has the template that we want to use with spaces for personalization. And the primary task that those are all attached to have the information that we know about that person there so that we have everything we need to make those personalizations in the email. We don't have to go to a different program and try and find their form. It's all right there in the task. And that idea of having every piece of information that we've learned through the entire process show up in one spot in one task, we hold through so that we always know what's going on. So there's that aspect of the templates. And then there's the other aspect of where you do get an automated email from us initially, but it's very clear that it's automated and we use it to set the expectations of when you're going to hear from us personally. It says, hey, glad to connect with you. We're going to send you a, an email in a couple of days. All right, this is just to let you know what the process looks like for us. You're going to hear from Beatrice in two days with the next steps of how to continue the process. Right? So I'm, I'm leveraging automation in its best form, which is that immediate, hey, we know you exist now. In that, I'm informing them of when they're exiting the automation. Because I think the biggest problem people have with automation is they get sucked into a rabbit hole and then they don't know how to get out of it. They don't have a clear expectation of, okay, I'm on an automated email sequence. Fine, we get those all the time. Everybody's accepting of that. But when do I actually get to speak to a person? How do I speak to a person? So in our automated emails, we try to make it very clear why you're getting this automated and when that next point is that you actually get to have that personal experience with somebody. Right. And I know that I get on these, these phone call things. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. I was calling Connecticut DRS this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, what fun. And that's the Department of Revenue Service for people who are not <laughs> deeply mired in taxes on April 9th. God bless you. And I did the whole process, you know, the press one, press seven, press 14, you know, all this kind of crap. <laughs> and, and when it was all done, I took too long answering your question. They're like, come back later. I'm like, I have words. None of them. <laughs> so it's just like, I hung up and I was like, yeah, this this just isn't this isn't going to be my morning for this. <laughs> I mean, we're already filed on extensions, so we're good. But it's not the point. It's like you just right. get it yeah, done. I mean, and I would have gotten a human being if I just put that number in quickly enough. Oh, and you just you know you have to laugh and yeah, move on. At least yeah. I wasn't like thirty five minutes into hold, which I have right. Yes. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think when you're talking about your lead process, I think I would try to find something similar where it's a an initial email that's automated to just say, hey, we got you. We we know this got submitted. We're working on it. Right. Here's the expectations for you of when you're going to you know, get an email from me because I've, I need 24 hours to review these questions. I'll get in contact with you the next 
next 24 hours. And that doesn't have to come from you because you can templatize what you want. You can train somebody on your team to do it. So it comes from you. It has all the feeling and the authenticity that you want your lead to experience, but the workload doesn't fall on you. You can still work on what's really going to bring value to the business, which is probably when they actually become somebody that you need to have a conversation with. All that beginning piece, it's important, but it's not what you should be doing as the lead in the company. Right. I've had a big emphasis in my business in the last couple of months of building forms out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm coaching business, intake forms, outtake forms, a way to get a testimonial. So this week I'm going to be on vacation and my assistant is going to be reaching out to people for testimonials. And again, you know, that spreadsheet, here's what you need to know about each person, you know, Mm -hmm. a templated email ready to go and she's going to send it out. You know, and some are like going to want to do videos. Maybe they're going to want to be interviewed by me. But the point is that can all happen while I go on vacation. You know, my first vacation, (laughs) real full week vacation in probably, I think since last August. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't complain. I mean, you know, but, you know, the business can continue to run and she can set up those meetings to happen. So I have Calendly for me. Mm -hmm. So it can just literally have a, a Calendly button that's separate where she can provide that Calendly link and the person can schedule the time they're going to interview with me for us to do a video testimonial. Mm -hmm. And that can all happen when I get back. And I don't have to be managing the little bitty tasks that go with that to make that happen. I just show up. And that's, I think the point of automation is, is that we, first of all, we're entrepreneurs. So we, we want to run our businesses and we're going to do it my way or the highway. God dang it. And that's what this <laughs> is going to be, right? A little bit. Right, yeah. And, but at the same time, you know, as you grow, your business grows, you realize you cannot do it all by yourself. It's mm-hmm. just not realistic. So how do you set things in place? And yes, of course, you know, an assistant is a huge help. Mm-hmm. I have an assistant, a web person, bookkeeping service we talked about, which is Bench, which we really both like very much. Yeah, love them. And it's, if you had told me two years ago, you'd fall in love with something like Bench, which is all online. I mean, you talk to a human, but not very often. I mean, mostly it's online. I would have said no way in heck. And yet I think it's the greatest thing I've ever done. They're, they're fabulous. So mm-hmm. and they're very, very automated. And uh, it's a great experience. So there is a place for automation. And I like how you call it authentic because there can be a place for automation that where it matters, where it's not, I'm just throwing this in place mm-hmm. and forget you, Mr. Customer, here's my press six, press nine, <laughs> two, you know, it right. can be done in such a way that it's highly personalized and gives you that. I especially like where you say, this is when you'll be talking to a person. It's, mm-hmm. really, it's automated, but it's also, hey, there's the human touch. Right we've lost a lot of the human touch. And I think that's what's going to be the next area in business where people are going to just say, hey, enough already. I'm, I've had it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's been a challenge because in the past three years, automation space has really been all of the tech people. Like Most business people have kind of looked at it and said, okay, that's cool. But that old style of, I want to be doing this personally, that really matters the two sides haven't talked and come together. So mm. what we've experienced in automation has been that very like rigid 
everything automated or trying to do too much with it. So that's our experience. That's our viewpoint going in. And it's one of the things that I've recognized that I can do differently in my own work to bring it back to people who can do it. And I think that with everybody working at home and people being forced to use technological tools and use the internet to their advantage, the initial thought of like, oh, okay, there really is something here Mm. has started to grow a lot more. And like the thing with Bench, you know, like, okay, this really could work. Like you said, Bench is really automated, but they have a clear path to talk to somebody. They have a text field within Bench. If anytime I have a problem, I can send them a message to say, hey, this is going on. And that message can also be, hey, I want you to give me a call. And they know my phone number. And they'll give me a call and I can say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. Like, there's always that way back into people. Right. Well, so far, they're asking me more questions than I'm asking them. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kind of in the, I'm so grateful someone's handling this mode. <laughs> Which is fine. I don't mind answering the questions. And sometimes my answer is, I don't have that information right now, but I'll be back to you in, and I state a time frame mm-hmm. when I'll be back to them. So, and again, I think that's a big piece too. And I, I keep going back to this, but I think it's really important. Just tell people when you're going to get back to them. Yeah. And that can be automated. Yeah. Abs- yeah. It's the, your standard procedures for your business. You know, everybody should have an idea, or at least I hope you do. You know, if a lead comes in, I want to try to contact them within 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it is for your business. You probably have some idea of, I need to do this in this amount of time. Right. So set the expectations. And I found for myself too, if I've set those expectations, I'm better at delivering on those expectations, right? If I know that I have five people I need to call today and I told four of them that I'd call them today and the other person, I was like, yeah, I'll I'll give you a call in a couple of days. They're going on tomorrow if I don't have the time. Right. Because I didn't set the expectation that I now need to live up to for them. So if you're automatically saying, hey, I'm going to contact you in 24 hours, chances are you're going to start contacting people in 24 hours, which will have a benefit on the way that you work in your business. Right. So the interesting point about that, I used to be an interior designer and I would see a lot of people talking about how the design clients always wanted to meet here and there and at certain times and everything else. And it was all every weekend, every night, all this stuff. And I said, where are your boundaries? And they're like, what? I'm like, dude, train your client, you know, (laughs) just tell them. You're only available certain times. And they're like, mm-hmm. you never work weekends. I said, and don't, I'm not saying I never work weekends. I'm saying that they don't expect that I'm working on the weekend. Right. And so, you know, but I was in commercial interior design. So installs did have to happen on Saturday. It wasn't, but it wasn't, I wasn't working every Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was working the Saturday of the install. Right. right. <laughs> right. You know, and that was fine. And one time I had a client and he was looking at something, he found something he really wanted and he contacted me on a Saturday. I said, okay, you know, it just so happens I'm okay for time. I don't mind doing this right now. Let me just, you know, see, send me some pictures, whatever. Mm-hmm. I made it work, but it's, so it's not all or nothing, but it's setting this expectation of exactly what you said, of when are you getting back to people? And kind of, it is, it's training our clients. I mean, on my Calendly, if you're my client and you want to do coaching with me, I only coach on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Monday is sacrosanct. Monday is my day that I work on my business, not in it. Mm-hmm. 
Does that mean I never get a meeting on a Monday? No, of course not. If you said to me, the only time I can record this podcast is Monday, I would have made myself available. Right. Because, you know, you, we have a relationship. You have value right. to me. But for the most part, I really try to block Monday for that. I block Wednesday from doing podcasts and coaching because podcasts and coaching take time. And I've got a fair amount of meetings on Wednesdays and it already feels, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I know I don't look like one, but I swear I am. I energetically, I need to recharge by being mm-hmm. alone. And if I have to go to four or five meetings in a day, by the end of the day, I'm not talking to anybody. Right. So, <laughs> so if I'm recording a podcast and going to three meetings, I'm going to be a basket case by the end of the day. So why record podcasts on Wednesday? Just don't. Today is Friday. I'm yep. recording two podcasts today. I actually have a whole ton of meetings, which is fine. But I know that, you know, it's Friday night and I'll be able to sit with a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) I do the same thing. My day happens to be Thursday. That's my recharge day, my work on the business day. And I use Acuity instead of Calendly, but it's the same thing. I have times blocked out. So it's automated of when people can get in contact with me. I don't have to have that conversation. They just pick the time that works. I also, I... The thing that I added is if it's within 24 hours, you can't book a call with me. Likewise. Except for once, one specific link I give out to specific people because I want them to have a greater level of access to me that has less restrictions. But usually you can't book a call within 24 hours if you want to talk to me because I want to be able to start my day and be able to go, okay, this is what I have to get done. Because yeah. I'm also an introvert right. in that I need time to recharge if I have a day of calls, I am very tired at the end of the day. I have loved having the calls, but I need my time. So I need that ability to say, okay, this is what I've got. I can mentally prepare for. This is what's going on. Like, this is my day. Okay, cool. I can make it through this, but I don't want any surprises during the day. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I do. I give my clients, you know, my VIP clients access via either Voxer or WhatsApp. Mm. They can choose. Mm-hmm. And I've always got my phone on me. And so if they have a quick question, I tell you something, they rarely use it. Truly, yep. almost no one ever contacts me on it, but they know they can. Right. And they know that, you know, email can get lost. I, I don't mean, it, you know, you, you can get 25 emails and you don't see the client email, but you're going to yeah. see the Voxer or the WhatsApp, mm-hmm. right? It's going to pop right up and it's going to be really obvious and in your face. So um, in fact, I think mine even actually ding. I think it's the one thing I still have that <laughs> rings on my phone. <laughs> everything else is turned off. Facebook, everything in my life is turned off. But that one is turned on because if a client wants to reach me, I want to know they need me. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to do that. And I'm telling you, they don't abuse it. Almost no one ever uses it. Right. But it's there. They're welcome to. You know, if, if someone's got a productivity challenge and they want to figure it out right now, I want them to know they can feel they can get me right now. Right. Now, right now might be three hours from now after I finished recording my podcast this morning, but that's still pretty close. Yeah. You know, an email yeah. could be 24. Yeah. 24 I, hours, you know? I, I'm the same way with email. I tell my clients, if you want me to see this, CC Beatrice, who's, you know, my assistant. And because I'm, chances are I will miss it right. or I will see it and I will get distracted and it will be read in my Outlook inbox. And I will forget to go back to it. Yeah. And it will be three days, four days. You'll have to come back to me and say, hey, did you get this? Oh, I forgot. I am so sorry. Here's your answer. So don't. I'm the same you know. way. And I have ADHD, which I'm very public about. So, you know, we talk about distraction. Right. <laughs> right. Shiny. What? There was an email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want what? So, 
but here we are. So what I would love to know, because we've talked a, lot, talked a lot about technology and automation, mm-hmm. what's your favorite productivity strategy? I always like to wrap up with a great tool, yeah, so, you name it. So mine is not technology-based at all. I had a common problem of when I had a to-do list trying to figure out what I wanted to do when. So when I have a to-do list, I categorize it and then rewrite it in this way. So I assign A, B, and C to the level of priority that I want to get something done with the week. A is it has to get done. B is if I have the time, this would be great, but if it goes to next week, it's fine. And C is kind of like a bucket list of like, these are ideas, I don't want to lose them. Take it over there. And then I go back through and I assign one, two, three to how long I think it's going to take. One is under a 15 minute task. Two is somewhere between one and three hours. And three is I better block out like a day to get this done because this is really big and I need to just dive in and work on it a long time. Right. And then I categorize those in columns of A, B, and C and down the column of one, two, three. So when I'm looking at my to-do list, I can get done A1 first day of the week on Monday because they're quick, they're important, and they're out of my life. And then I don't have to worry about them. And then I can work on the two and three based off of the way that my schedule looks for the rest of the week. Right. Right? If I have a busy day of calls, I'm not going to work on three. I'm going to focus on two. Mm. If I have a day where I don't have a lot of calls, okay, here's my opportunity to maybe chip away some work on that three because I have a a four-hour block today where I don't have to do anything. Right. So changing that framework and being able to visually see that instead of having to remember the tasks right. helps me see what's going on. And it keeps me honest on how long I think it's going to take because right. I love to cheat. It's like, oh, I really want to do this. I know it's a long task and I only have 15 minutes, but I want to work on it. Right. So write it down, put it in a way that you can't cheat on it. And that's really it that brilliant. Way. I never thought about putting a time frame one thing. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I'm sure in a way I kind of do it, but I bet I don't. <laughs> I, bet, I bet I do exactly that. Oh, this will just take 15 minutes, you know, two hours later. Right, and exactly. One of the things with ADHDers is we hyper-focus. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we need is me going down a rabbit hole on something. I remember I was working on the website and getting everything laid out the way I wanted it and updating the homepage and all this stuff. And it was in the middle of a whole bunch of other tasks that needed to get done, probably this tax and financial stuff. (laughs) And I remember that this is back in January. I remember um, thinking, all right, my reward is going to be working on the website. So I run these productivity power hours. And my deal was, was if I get this chunk of this onerous task that I can't stand done and I have 10, 15 minutes left, I get to go and play with choosing an image or something um, on that longer term project. So there's, there's definitely that too, but I agree with you. You have to like find a way, whatever it is, whether it's written on technology, you name it to prioritize your tasks and put that time element, the time elements really quite crucial. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This is great. I want people to know how to find you. Yes. Uh, if what we've talked about today has resonated with you, you can go to bowtiebots.com forward slash podcast. That will give you the links to all our social where we're putting out content about automation, thoughts and ideas. And most importantly, there will be a link there to a 15-minute one-on-one call with me. I would love to have a conversation with you about what's going on, what your, what your ideas of using automation in your businesses. 
I enjoy those and I will get as much value out of talking with you and learning what your ideas are as I can give you in terms of clarity and a path to create that vision. Well, no doubt. I just, we just saw it all here. So <laughs> thank you so much. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes. And um, thanks for coming on, Richard. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.